welcome to The Long Take Review, a film podcast with one eye always on the Oscar race. I'm your host, Jen Subchaktai Bankard, and I'm here with only one other turkey today. <laughs> More on that in a minute. Uh, yeah, to you, it's Thanksgiving. To him, it's Thursday, right? It's P.T. McNiff. How's it going, P.T.? Uh, it's going wonderful. I realize I don't have a Thanksgiving-related quote. Okay. Uh, to to share, to try to be quippy on my way in. But I am excited for the holiday and I'm excited to be here and talk to you, even if, as you mentioned, we are down one long take reviewer for the episode. Yes, Greg uh, sends his regrets. He was planning to join us and then, you know, life came up. So, so he can't be here today, but we do have his picks in hand. We don't have ways to explain his picks for what we're about to do, <laughs> but we do have, we do have them. We are here today for a, you know, special edition of the show. We're not reviewing one film. We're not doing kind of like an Oscars type thing. We are actually just recommending some movies that you should watch over Thanksgiving. Uh, it's, we know it's that recommendation algorithm, the episode. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, we, we know, you know, we know, and we've actually been talking about a little bit more off mic, but like, we know that, you know, Thanksgiving is a big time for the movies that, you know, lots of people use that time with their families, like to get, either put something on at home or to, to make a trip out to the theaters. And so we really wanted to kind of get in here and give our our picks for movies that we think that you should try to go see over Thanksgiving break. Uh, and we have different categories. We'll get into that later. Um, you know, so we have a good a good variety to splash around. Uh, and the the big selling point here is that this since the whole point of this episode is to recommend movies that you have not seen, presumably, and you would want to see, we are going to have the episode be entirely spoiler free. So you can listen freely and feel safe and warm and cozy that all of our recommendations will not spoil anything <laughs> in these movies. Um, and if we do accidentally, I will edit them out. <laughs> uh, but PT, what can listeners do if they are, you know, even after all that Turkey hungry for more episodes? If they want some leftovers of the long take review, they're welcome to go and check out the feed. Uh, they can follow us wherever they get their podcasts, uh, Apple music, Spotify, Overcast. Um, check us through the um, main feed on Substack on jenstheLongTake.substack.com, and uh, you can also follow us on Instagram and Threads at the Long Take Review. Thanks, PT. So we are just about ready to parade our recommendations. You can see I really went hard with this Thanksgiving thing. Uh, but first, we need to do a quick movie news check-in. Just in off the wire, it's your Hollywood news. So, the I'm going to start with what, to, according to my social media feed, was the biggest news, but may not actually be the biggest news. Uh, but we got Pedro Pascal, Internet Daddy himself, is now going to be playing Reed Richards in the MCU. <laughs> Which I mean, I you know I I have uh, I was not able to join because I haven't uh, yet seen uh, the Marvel, so I did not join the, the episode. But please go check it out uh, on the feed. Jen and Greg did a, a great job with it, or at least they did up to the spoiler warning because that's when I stopped. And uh, the uh, it does feel like that sort of like the Marvels didn't land very well. Like, what's a piece of Marvel news that will get everybody happy? What about Pedro? And they just kind of threw that out into the world. <laughs> and, and I do like, really like that it was very uh, rumory at first. And then today they were like, oh, guess what? We weren't we weren't just joking around. He's been confirmed. So I don't I have no idea if that was planned. 
I was trying to think about that. I'm like, was this planned? Is this all part of the PR stunt to kind of distract from the box office news for the Marvels? Or was this like the internet exploded so much that they're like, oh, we better make this seal this deal. Um, I don't, I'm not sure. And not that it matters. I'm happy either way. Uh, I, I also saw a rumor that, um, and I, I apologize for the potential pronunciation issues here, but uh, Ebon Moss Backrack, who is the um, cousin in uh, The Bear and was also in uh, in Andor and has been in other things, but uh, that he may be the thing in in the Fantastic Four. Oh, I didn't see Four. that too. But I don't know. That, that feels even squishier in terms of it's just sort of in talks. It's not like close to an announcement. But that, that rumor got out there as well. Which is yeah, I've, if this feels very much like we've had a lot of bad press lately, let's distract everyone with shiny things that have not have nothing to do with the MCU's past, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe X Men are next, but yeah, they're like Fantastic Four feels like an easy way to be like, oh, look over here, <laughs> nothing's wrong, <laughs> everything's right. fine. Um, like, look over there as they're pushing Kang out the door, uh, right? But uh, on the other side of the room. But, uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, really, really interesting, and I, and I feel like we've just gotten like inundated with random Marvel news. Like those, I agree that those two were the probably the biggest ones, but there was just also a bunch of like random. I feel like every time I look at my social media feed now, I'm just like some random Marvel news, a non announcement announcement is <laughs> it's just popping up, and I'm just like, what is going on? Uh, but you know, whatever, I'm here for it. Do you have any movie news? PT? I, I, well, I mean, I, I do the thing, uh, you know, the, the sort of thing that I saw, which I think was just chatter and has no real legs of going anywhere. But there was over the course of the last week, some pushback within SAG-AFTRA towards the deal. Um, and I, I'm, I'm now blanking on maybe you guys already. I know you talked about the strike ending. Right. Uh, we didn't talk about episode. the blowback. Okay. So there's some blowback about like, this isn't strong enough, especially on AI like things like there's there's limitations to AI, but there's some sort of wiggle room loopholes that people are like identifying and saying, we don't like that. Uh, and then what I mostly was seeing was pushback of like, take the deal, like within the sort of community, you know, so people on posting on social media who are in SAG after us saying, take the deal and we'll, you know, we'll keep pushing and we have another negotiating time down the road. Uh, so I don't think there's enough kind of momentum to actually scuttle it in the vote, but the vote hasn't happened yet. So, uh, you know, theoretically, it's it's not fully one hundred percent done okay. quite yet. Wait, what um, was the eighty six percent vote then? Because I saw that number being thrown around. That eighty six percent of members. I voted thought yes that, to something. I thought that wasn't like a binding vote. I thought that that was some sort of like, like initial preliminary vote, poll, like yeah, straw poll or something. That makes but sense. But maybe I'm wrong, and uh, you know, I didn't uh, I didn't double check on that. But uh, what I thought was that it was still a few more days. Until it would uh, it would be bound up, uh, and then the other thing besides that is, uh, you know, there's sort of our some of our final uh, mystery box movies that uh, no one had seen uh, are starting to come out. People have seen the color purple. There's some varied reactions to it, mostly positive. Uh, I haven't seen any of, of those yet. Um, a lo- yeah, I mean, it's hard. The ones that I saw all kind of seemed like, uh, it's like, who are these people? Like, you know, it's the when there's the aggregate aggregation of the first reactions are out. And it's like, none of these are critics I've heard of, or, you know, people whose opinions I have any investment in. Um, but you know, some of them were a little bit like, make some weird choices or, you know, that there's, there's some, some of the directing 
uh, uh, approaches to it maybe yeah. don't work. But uh, then other people seem positive on it. The you know the acting is is uh, praised that everyone is is really you know does a really strong uh, uh, job there. Uh, unclear if that's going to be enough to get them back into the conversation in best actress or best you know, multiple people potentially in best supporting actress. Um, and then the first you know, they're out of the first like not that this is a good way of thinking about it, but the Metacritic Rotten Tomatoes numbers for Wish came out and they are pretty middling they're like you know 53 or something on metacritic and uh you know 60 ish for rotten tomatoes which is just sort of sounds about right from what everyone has kind of been saying i think there was always these little like glimmers of hope of like this seems weird but what if it's actually you know quite good and it seems like it's probably not quite good and it's probably going to be a cromulent movie for people to watch with their children and not something that's going to go out beyond that outside mm-hmm. of, you know, di- target Disney audience sphere. It's not going to be bigger like some of the other ones have been. Right. It'll be, so the, because of that, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out in the awards race, because I feel like both the movies you just mentioned, color purple and wish a lot of Oscar pundits have been, hold, have placeholder predictions being like, well, I have no idea if this is going to be in here, but it's the type of thing that could be, and no one's seen it yet. So I'm just going to hold a spot for it. So that's, you know, the animated feature. I, I think in our predictions, we had that in there because Disney always usually has mm-hmm. has uh, something represented. And like, you know, we hadn't seen this, so we don't know you know what, what its actual chances are. And even if it's, it is middling, it still could very well get in sure. <laughs> at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, Color Purple was like, I think in the act, especially in the acting races, there was like a one spot reserved for like, well, somebody from the Color Purple could get in. So it'll be interesting to see once more people see those movies and they have their wider releases, if, if they'll actually stick. Um, so uh, the, I just saw this today, but the golden globes has a new home. Oh, so they've been, they've been, they've been through it reasonably. So because they've had lots of scandals and lots of problems, which I'm not really going to go in and get bore everybody with here. Um, and you can easily just look, look up HFPA and see what kind of, you know, rat's nest appears uh but you know <laughs> they they last year they had no show right they had and they and their contract with nbc i believe was the network that was hosting them before basically ended their contract and was like you have you know we, we no longer wish to do business with you so there was no show last year uh but now cbs apparently is picking them up so they will have a show i didn't get to see what the date was if it's going to be during like a the normal the normal time uh, before the Oscars. And if they, I think they're really desperate to hold on to that. We're, we're the start of award season spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it, if their, their ceremony is then. And so a lot of people now are kind of like, are we ready to just have them be back? Uh, didn't, weren't we really mad at them before? Like, weren't we boycotting them before? We're just gonna, we're just fine with it now. Uh, so I'm uh, be prepared for that kind of discourse as mm-hmm. we sort of get, closer to the start of the award season proper yeah it felt like everyone had had really kind of made the the hard decision to let it go and be like all right that was a fun weird thing that we always kind of knew the process was very strange unlike all these other awards with huge voting bodies this was like 70 or 80 people in this strange shadow organization that existed and then all the bad behavior came out and all the bad sort of structures that were within it. And 
uh, folks were like, okay, we're turning on it. And then they were like, we made some changes. And it seems that people are going to be like, okay, come on back. We do like another award where it's possible people are getting drunk in the audience. Like, that's fun. Well, that's the thing. People like the vibes of the Golden Globes. It seems like they're pretty eager to be like, oh, they're all fixed now. They've they've fixed all their problems. We can just yeah. go back to having this like fun, fun time. Um, the, the other thing I saw, too, which was very interesting, was that uh, it's good. The, the, it's got air on CBS, but it's also going to be streaming on Paramount Plus. Oh, so at least they're upping their <laughs> their distribution trying, game, I guess, yeah. or their I don't know what to call it. Um, trying to get those cord cutters to right. to tune in right um, that's me so the same hopefully <laughs> for me soon i keep saying i'm going to get rid of my the cable i have and then some sort of sports thing happens and i'm like well i need it for sports uh so yeah that's what i hear from everyone who cares about sports yeah it's tough uh all right so we are ready to move on to our main event which is giving our thanksgiving picks i put a thanksgiving picks maybe i'll say our recommendation algorithm thanksgiving edition I did like that. There we go. It's now officially a recommendation algorithm. Oh, the episode. Put it on yep, the we did it. We did it. Uh, so what we are going to do, we actually have four different categories because we wanted to make sure we were catering to different different audiences that might be participating in Thanksgiving movie season. And so first we're gonna have recommendations for things that are in theaters this week that you can go see over the holiday. And then we're going to talk about movies that are streaming or that you can watch at home that are kid or family friendly. And then we're going to talk about the opposite of movies you can watch at home that you should be watching after kids go to bed or not, not in the presence of small children. And, and then we'll end with, because you know, the, the where, when we're recording this, a bunch of movies ha- are just coming out Thanksgiving weekend and opening that weekend. And so we haven't had a chance to see them. And so we just, I just wanted to give us a chance to sort of hype movies that we will probably see soon, but, and would want to recommend people go see potentially, but, but we haven't seen them. So we can't really bank on that. So I just, I just wanted to have a space to acknowledge those movies that are, are going to be kind of buzzing and coming out this week, but we haven't had a chance to see it. All right. So I think we'll start movies and theaters. PT, what do you recommend our fine listeners go check out in theaters this week? So I'm going to start uh, as I should by uh, weaseling in two answers to, uh, to this question, but it's because the answer I initially kind of locked in in my head uh, may not actually be playing in theaters uh, where where people are listening right now, and that is the uh, the re-release of Stop Making Sense, which is the uh, concert film by Jonathan Demme of the Talking Heads, performing in 1982. I think the performance is 1982, and the movie came out in 1983. So this is it was a 40th anniversary. It's been restored, remastered. Uh, they they. Uh, the story, I believe it was a Rolling Stone article about how they actually, um, you know, it was a sort of vault dive to get to the original negatives. Uh, and uh, so that that story is super interesting. The movie is absolutely incredible. However, it's only sort of sporadically playing now. And so I was kind of sort of looking around and it's like, there's like a one theater in like Massachusetts is playing at the middle of next week. And then, you know, Illinois has a couple of uh, of showings on Tuesday. So there may not be... 
um, you know, it may not be you know, sort of right near wherever you are, uh, and it's not on demand yet. It's not something you can watch uh, on streaming, uh, and they've pulled the old version down. So uh, that's that's my that's my soft recommendation for uh, for something uh, because I think that's you know it, it's just an amazing experience. Even if you're like I don't really care about uh, that band, I don't know if I know you know a lot of those songs. First of all, I think that you would. Uh, you know, once in a lifetime, this must be the place. Uh, Psycho Killer. Uh, burning down the house you you have heard a lot of the songs but uh you may not know them but even if you don't i think it's just a really good performance um so since that's not there instead of looking back to the early 80s i want to look back to the 70s and i'm going to recommend the holdovers uh, a movie we discussed uh in, in at length uh in our episode which you can go and listen to uh jen was very nice and not saying this this is also a low-key uh, direct people to episodes once they go and listen to our recommendations. Uh, so you can go watch the holdovers and then come on back to the long take review and listen to uh, our our long takes on it. Uh, so uh, the holdovers is a super, uh, super fun, uh, but also with like some, I thought surprising uh, moments of emotional depth. Uh, that is the Alexander Payne movie set at a boarding school in Massachusetts it's not quite the right holiday because it's it, it's it's winter break. It's Christmas and New Year's. Uh, in yeah, it, but people use Thanksgiving as a soft launch for it's Christ- true. Christmas and holiday season. So uh, Target agrees, according to the trip I made to Target the other day. So uh, so yes, that's uh, it is it it is uh, if you want to sort of go and get a, a potential new uh, holiday movie into your rotation that's fresh and out in theaters, then this is a good one to choose. Uh, it's not, you know, it, it, we, we didn't make the distinction for the theaters. It's not really family friendly. There's, there's some cursing. There's some adult subject matter. Um, I forget if it's PG 13 or R. I believe it's, it's R. Okay. It's, it's, that's, it's, it's earned, I think. So, uh, so it is, this is for adults, uh, and, and don't bring the kids, but, uh, you know, you, you can get a, a, a head start or get another, uh, uh, check off the box for potential awards, consideration if that's your thing uh if you just want to sort of sink into the vibes if you miss 70s style filmmaking and storytelling uh and or if you just like the era and want to hear it or if you like seeing paul giamatti be a fuddy-duddy uh curmudgeon fussing around uh which you know who wouldn't i guess uh this is a good movie to go and see and have a good time with yeah i've heard many critics since we did our own review saying that this could be career best for Paul Giamatti or people just saying this is the best he's been since sideways, which granted was a very long time ago. So, you know, if, yeah. And if you're at all a fan of him, <laughs> like this is a must see, but in terms of a good movie to go out and see thank Thanksgiving, to get in the holiday spirit. I feel like this is a good movie. If you want to get in the holiday spirit, you like holiday themed movies or movies that take place during the holidays, but you are not a Hallmark um, Hallmark movie person, right? So that because I because I feel like if you're going into it like, hoping for a Hallmarky movie, you're not going to get it. This movie has a lot more darkness to it, but also the warmth we associate with holiday movies. But it is kind of more complex and more sophisticated than than um, your average Hallmark holiday movie. So that's kind of my my main recommendation. If that if that sounds like you, like you wanna you wanna get warm and warm and cozy and and see scenes with snow and and the holidays, but you want something a little bit more to actually bite into, I think this is a really good pick. And apparently, 
it's you know people are saying that it's getting an uptick like the box office for the holdovers actually is is doing really well that's what i heard from a couple places so that's nice (laughs) and the yeah so oh we should be saying pitching the plot premise of these movies if if people haven't listened to our previous episodes about them so the holdovers uh as pt said takes place during the 70s it it takes place at paul giamatti plays a an ancient civilization teacher at a boarding school and the holdovers the title refers to the group of kids that are stuck at school over the holidays they're holding over the break and and paul giamatti's character has to babysit them there's one student in particular who's played by a, an actor who's like a brand new discovery his name is dominic sessa he was actually discovered at one of the schools that they were filming the movie at uh so he's just like a kid like a high school kid who's in drama <laughs> class or something like that that they found and so he plays one of the students that sort of like is at odds with uh and you know going head to head with paul giamatti's character there's also divine joy randolph is amazing in this movie um and she plays the man kitchen manager at the school i tried yeah. to be wheelchair i was just like it's at a prep school but i think that you're right there should have been that 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 ex- yeah actually what happens uh is a is good to add in yeah so, so hilarity ensues yes. and you know tears at some point it's great it's just yeah. it's yeah it's very funny <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Jen, what are what are you th- recommending to folks? So I am at recommending the Marvels uh, in spite of, you know, the Marvel working really hard to battle a bad news cycle around this movie because the box office has been pretty abysmal. But if you go back, if you go and listen to the review that Greg and I did uh, last week, it's really or actually earlier this week. It feels it feels like it was a while ago. Um, <laughs> I think it was just on Monday. Uh, you know, it it is a really fun time. It's like if you don't worry and fuss about the MCU of it all, and you just focus on these are three really charismatic actors playing three fun superheroes and having a good time, and it's it's goofy and weird, and it's only ninety minutes. This is the thing. We have to, I think, in thinking about my recommendations for this episode, I'm like, okay, the folks who are like movie nerd interested, but not fully committed, right? So that's why they're listening to us is like, Mm -hmm. we're the go between, right? They're not as committed. They're not going to go see Killers of the Flower Moon. Right. Over Thanksgiving. I noted noted that that didn't make anyone's chart on the table because it's like, the people who are going to commit three and a half hours to that movie are have probably already seen it. Right. And especially after Intermission Gate, I feel like the one thing we learned from Intermission Gate is that people can't sit in the theater for four hours. And so, like, or they don't want to because they, they, have, to. they have needs. They have to get snacks. They have to go to the bathroom and they don't want to miss any of the movie. So that I feel like this movie is an easy sell for me because how, how often do we get movies that are only 90 minutes? This is, would be perfect for... You wrap up Thanksgiving dinner, pop out to the movie theater for a, a nice 90 minute jaunt and come back. You still have room for pie, right? Like I feel like, I feel like this is, this is a good, it's, it really fits the occasion mm-hmm. well. Um, and yeah, and I would say like, yeah, just don't worry too much about the whole MCU factor. Cause I think that's why that's my, that my, one of my theories as to why no one's seeing this movie is because they're like intimidated by well i haven't watched all the shows and i i don't know really know these characters and like so i guess i'll skip this one or catch up with it later but 
You don't I have saw to. some yeah, I saw some discourse on social media now I can't remember who coined the term, but Subwood uh had had said there was the the concept of narrative debt and that like they're so they're sort of so like you're so far behind. You're so like I don't know what I need to like do to catch up. I have to follow all the, the TV shows now, or like one of the people is in one of the TV shows, another one's in one or two of the others, and then there was this the main character, but that was a few years ago. I don't know. I'm not. I'm out. Uh, and it sounds like this is a movie that doesn't. You know, you don't need all of that. Like you'll you'll be fine if it's just sort of like you know. They're superheroes. They'll explain it. They'll explain it as it goes on. It's not that crucial to know, you know, every minute detail of the yeah. 30 movies and we have hundreds of hours of television shows leading up to this. So the Marvels, the only thing you need to know, the don't think too much about the plot because it's like a superhero convoluted plot. But the main thing that that is the draw is that these three superheroes, their powers become entangled. And so every time more than two or more of them use their powers at the same time, they swap places. And so it's like they're in the middle of a fight and they have to swap places. And it's just, it's really, really funny. It's really well choreographed and, and fun to watch. Yeah. So I would say that if you are good at not overthinking superhero movies, this is perfect because it's really funny. It's goofy. It's got that kind of like campy sci-fi romp space adventure kind of vibe to it and i think if you're into that right if you like doctor who you like star trek i think this is this is a good it's a good fit so you don't even necessarily need to have any investment in the mcu (laughs) i think to have to have a you know nominally a good time at this movie so that's my pick and yeah it's family yeah it's family friendly also which i know is tough like if you're going out to the theater and you have younger younger folks in your group it can be hard to decide what to go to so that's my pick Okay. So yeah, two different crowds going to the holdovers versus yeah. the Marvels. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it could be you know yeah. There's there's so, a subsection of people go to the holdovers in in one screen, and everyone else goes to the Marvels. Right. Um, and now Greg did have his picks on the board um, before he uh, you know wasn't able to join us, um, and his pick for movie to go see in the theaters is. Priscilla, the new Sofia Coppola movie about Priscilla Presley and her relationship with Elvis, a movie that I don't believe either Jen or I have seen. So, uh, you know, we, we could ask Greg to like when he when things are better, he could record a little drop uh, and we can put it in. Oh, good point. That's interesting. Very good, Greg. Uh, I like well, no, that. I can at least summarize what this movie is about. <laughs> so so this is the antithesis of the Baz Luhrmann Elvis that came out last year, right? So that was like maximalist, you know, really loud, glamorous. Elvis is a consummate performer. Like that was that, you know, that the Elvis, the icon, that was what that movie was about, right? This is the opposite because it's through Priscilla Presley's perspective and is more focusing on her relationship with Elvis it is sort of the the quiet, understated, lonely, disturbing, kind of like haunting. At least that's my understanding of it from and and from watching some some clips of it and stuff like that. Uh, it's a lot of and the actress's name I'm going to forget, but a lot of like you know quaffing hair and putting on fake eyelashes. <laughs> it's Sofia Coppola. So like if you like Sofia Coppola and you want kind of the this sort of more complicated, intriguing, disturbing indictment of Elvis and to a certain extent, or at least, a, a, you know, an examination of their relationship. Then, I, So, for example, my mom's a huge Elvis fan. Even though she loves Elvis, I will, would not take her to go see this movie. 
<laughs> um, because I think it would just upset her to know that like this this mu- this art- musical artist that she loves has some problems. Um, <laughs> I mean, does she not know that Elvis had some problems? Like, was that? I think she'd just rather not think about it. That's fair, okay. and I respect okay. that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah you want to enjoy the music and the and the the idyllic time period that that Elvis is emblematic of. She's a big like Blue Hawaii Elvis got it fan you know what i mean like as sure. opposed to like you know vegas elvis or something like that so yeah um so yeah i've heard i've heard lots of good things a lot of people sort of saying is this the best sophia coppola movie since lost in translation and apparently the por- the performances jacob lordy as elvis that's the thing is like people might be going to see this movie just because they like jacob lordy he's he's hot stuff right now so yeah and it's it's kaylee spaney Oh, there we go. That's I'm going right. to say is the pronunciation of it uh, is playing Priscilla. But uh, but yeah, I think, you know, between Jacob Elordi and Austin Butler, regardless of the events of the movie, Elvis's uh, reputation with younger people uh, uh, is is strong because he's being portrayed by two heartthrob young actors. So good. Good for you, Elvis. Uh, you, you've got that. You've got that going for you, at least. Okay. So. Next up, we have films. If you don't want to, you know, especially if you live somewhere where it's already cold, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, you maybe you want to just, you want to sit by the fire, by your TV at home. We're going to talk about movies that are streaming, that are kid or family friendly. So these are the movies that you could, you know, after your meal, sort of like everyone plops on the couch and, and, and checks out together. So I'll go first. So my i have i have my actual pick but i feel like i also want to pitch it with a double feature as a double feature with another movie that i feel like has kind of similar things uh so my pick for here was nimona which is an animated film on netflix it came out a while ago i actually just saw it recently and so here's my here's my backstory that you probably don't need to know uh but helps me make sense of this is that i'm always trying to get my kids to watch movies and they largely reject the long format in favor of shorter things uh, <laughs> or things that aren't as quote unquote scary. And by that, they mean suspenseful with conflict. Um, they like watching things that do not have those things usually, or they prefer that uh, they, or they get nervous or anxious when we're watching something that has kind of like the point in the second act where like everything falls apart and like, they don't know what's going to happen and stuff like that. So Nimona, I tried when it first came out, and within like 10, 10 or 15 minutes, they were like, no, no, mom, this is too scary, too scary. <laughs> and like, I didn't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, I want to respect I want to respect their feelings. And so we 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 put it we we stopped watching it I, and I didn't finish it. Uh, but recently I, I was like, oh, let's try it again, because I really do want to finish this movie. And they were totally engrossed. And this was only a span of like two months. So like they haven't really like grown up that much in that time. I mean, kids do grow up fast, but like. You know, it's not like it was a year later or something like that, and they've matured. Uh, so they were really into it. And so the premise of Nimona is that there's this kingdom, and it's sort of like an interesting, like it's a medie- medieval kingdom, but in modern times. So there'd be people dressed as knights in armor with cell phones. So that's that already is kind of like you know scratching a an interesting like sci-fi fantasy itch. Uh, but the premise of the movie is that there's this this knight that's about to kind of be inducted into the the society the like little club of knights and 
the big big deal is that he is not a descendant of Glorith, who is like they're kind of like idolized, um, like icon, like they're what's the word? It's not icon, like iconography, but it's like like this Ion? exalted. I can't. I don't know. Like this exalted figure exalted in their one. culture. Sure. Yeah. Right. So they got a huge statue of this this knight named Glorith who lived a long he's like time the, ago. He's the hero. He's the like uber hero. Yeah. Of this um. And it's actually she. <laughs> okay, excuse me. I haven't watched it's, it. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> problematic, problematic assumptions <laughs> happening over here. Well, so that's the thing is that this movie actually does a pretty good job in terms of diverse re- representation. So it's like, the, like the knights are, you know, have different, come in different uh, identity flavors uh, in a way that I think is nice. Um, but yeah, so the idea is that he is about to be kind of inducted into this, this circle of knights, and then a scandal happens. And I won't get into it too much because I don't want to spoil it, but like something dramatic happens where he's, he's suddenly uh, persona non grata. Um, okay. And then he meets up with this like shape- shapeshifter character named Nimona, who's very fun. <laughs> like She's really funny. And she can like, and so she, she is like very cheeky and sort of like, changes into lots of weird animals very rapidly and like so it kind of has oh actually this is a good reference point for you um she's sort of like the D druid okay you know what right. i mean like, I like where that. it's like she's just always changing into something else mm-hmm. so so yeah that's it's it's a, it's a really good movie it has a great message about tolerance and acceptance and sort of like and it actually gets a little deep into sort of themes of like when you are not accepted by society sort of like the self-loathing that happens mm. which i thought was actually fairly sophisticated for an animated movie in which the main character turns into like a giant pink whale um, <laughs> um maybe that's giving away too much um so that's, that's my pitch and i think like yeah if your kids so my kids for reference are four and seven one just turned seven and so you know, they were, I think they were just at the right age. Any younger than that, I probably would say it just would be kind of lost on them, probably. Um, it's It stars Riz Ahmed as the main knight. Great voice performance. He's great. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's my pick. My my smuggle to the Mallory Rubin smuggle, if you, if you listen to any of the Ringerverse podcasts, this is a typical thing she does when they do like a draft or something. She always tries to sneak in other things. So my double feature with this would be if you like Nimona, go watch Wolf Walkers, which actually I think overall is a better film, but that's made by the, oh, I can't remember their name now. The, stu- the studio that did Book of Kells and um, the one with the seals. Uh, it's Somebody's- Songs of the Sea. Yeah, there we go. Song of the Sea. Yeah. I love all of their movies, uh, but Wolf Walkers is like particularly outstanding. And, and I, I want to pair them as a double feature because it has kind of a similar plot of like shape-shifting and like who's monster, who's the monster, who's the villain and acceptance and, and ignorance. And like the themes are very similar. The animation style could not be more different. Nimona is sort of that like new age, not quite Spider-Verse level, but it's like that kind of cut out, um, not quite 2d, not quite 3d animation style. Wolfwalkers is just, uh, is a lot more kind of like, not painterly but looks like illustrations um and kind of a more traditional set so so yeah uh nimona's on netflix apple uh wolf walkers is on apple tv plus excellent uh you know i uh, both of these movies are ones i haven't seen when wolf walkers i meant to see the year it came out 
and it like I got nominated my, for an Oscar. It did. Uh, I'm no Greg. I don't. I don't. I don't get to. I don't see everything. Um, uh, You know. Now maybe now I'll be peer pressured um, because of the show. But um, but no, I've uh, yeah, and I've only heard of Nimona from you, which I think is probably speaks to the algorithm that's on my Netflix versus yours. Um, But it sounds incredible, and so uh, I'm definitely going to be be checking this out uh, once once the semester is is over. I think catching up with a lot of these movies will be good uh i'm gonna uh, just share first uh to sort of not so it doesn't go last each time uh greg's pick is the super mario brothers movie uh which was a big hit from earlier this year maybe this is uh, this is one of the sort of uh, uh ones that it's possible everyone uh, or many people have already seen uh except of course again it's I- i'm in a weird animated uh blind spot i still haven't watched this um, Wait, either. what? Uh, because I, you, you get into the semester and I'm supposed to be grading papers. There's things that seem more important. I'll get to it. Um, so, you know, there's a uh, there's these plumbers and they're Italian and there's a princess and there's uh, she's usually in another castle. That That's my memory of it. Uh, and there's a song that Bowser sings that I know is important. Um, so, uh, Jen, do you have, Jen, do you have more to add? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna second the the peaches, peaches, peaches. Uh, it's great, and Jack Black, to me, I think is the main draw for the for this movie. I mean, if you're at all a fan of Nintendo, then the, there's a ton in this movie that you will enjoy. Uh, and I would say this, in, if we're thinking about it in the context of Thanksgiving, this is a great one that because even if you're part of your family's already seen it is pretty rewatchable, especially for kids. Like my kids have watched this more than once and because they kind of can dip in and out. They're like, Oh, like it's the Mario Kart section or, Oh, like it's Donkey Kong. Right. <laughs> like You know? So, uh, uh, and my, my daughter in particular is a big fan of the Mario suits. So like the TV mm. suit and like the different suits that he might, he might be wearing, um, which is prominently featured. So, so yeah, I would say that like, this is a great one to be like, Oh, like, grandma and grandpa have never seen the super mario brothers movie like, let's throw that on and then even if some people have seen it already because it was a w- out a while ago that that i don't think anyone's gonna complain about having this sure. on <laughs> in your home um yeah the soundtrack's great it does a really it does a really good job of kind of like remixing those classic mario tunes yeah i'm gonna i gotta do an animation catch-up day uh yeah. once this is once your homework now hits. this is what i'm realizing you gotta go uh, watch all these movies in this yes. category and report uh, back. yeah uh except i don't have to watch the one that's going to be my pick although i did watch it way later i it, i didn't watch it until it came to free streaming and i was like has anybody talked about this has anyone mentioned that this movie is good uh and that movie is spider-man across the spider-verse uh the third biggest movie of the year, the fourth biggest now. Uh, I still, I think, in terms of uh, domestic box office. So, oh. so yes, I think that people have, in fact, uh, seen uh, seen and heard about this. Um, but for those of you who maybe haven't, this is the second installment of this sort of Spider Verse series. It is the animated uh, 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 story of Miles Morales. Uh, who is uh, a, you know, he has the traditional, was bitten by a radioactive spider and became Spider-Man. But his story is inherently linked to connecting to different universes. That is partially shown 
through the animation style, the editing, the sound. It is visually stunning, these movies, if again, if you're out there and you haven't seen it yet. Um, so it's a continuation of his story uh, and uh, as well as the story of uh, another uh, parallel universe Spider-Man character who is a Spider-Woman, and that's uh, Gwen Stacy in her universe is the one who becomes, is bitten by the spider, becomes spider, Spider-Woman. And, uh, you know, she has her story and Miles has his and they start to intersect and and cross uh, cross uh, uh, through different um, universes and 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 parallel times and and fight different enemies and meet up with people who are allies potentially not allies uh, and it's it's you know similar not in the same way we were saying about the Marvels where it's like you kind of want to hand wave away when you're trying to describe it like it's a bunch of superhero stuff like you'll get it um, but these work on just a, such a pure raw emotional level of you know really tapping into what connects people to this character in particular which is the coming of age component uh and how it's it's about sort of finding yourself coming into yourself and and the the things that you have to let go of in life and the attachments you're trying to form as you are passing through adolescence and and striving towards being an adult and i think you know it does such a good job of capturing it and is so well constructed uh an incredible soundtrack uh, you know, it, it, again, I feel like an idiot in November being like, this movie's so good because uh, when it came out in June and everybody realized it was great then. But to to Jen's point of, you know, you're sitting around with your extended family, uh, you know, this is a movie that I think a lot of people could connect to. I can kind of see like I'm thinking about, you know, what if what if, you know, if my grandparents were around or at this point, even like my parents, they might be like, what the hell is happening? Because it's so, it, you know, it is jumping around so much like they might just be like, this is weird. It's not your parents, Spider-Man. Uh, yes. And, uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, OK. Um, so, you know, it, it might it might go a little hard for people that are, you know, pre MTV generation. The editing and jumping around might just not be. Uh, their their wavelength um but it's you know i think there there's enough artistry and enough kind of uh, what what you can get out of the characters uh even even if the the structure of it is uh, is a little too much for you uh you can still i think connect with the characters and i think that you know kids love it i think that adults and grown-ups can uh can can buy into it as well and yeah, I mean it's it's pretty it's pretty much a masterpiece. So uh, it's worth checking out if you haven't. If you were like me and you were a fool uh, and didn't see it um, beforehand, uh, or if you want to watch it again and show it to people in your family, um, this is a good one to revisit. And if if you have a the sunk cost of a Netflix subscription, it's on there now, so you can just go right on Netflix and watch it. Right, which a lot of people might not even know because I feel like most people probably would would assume it would be on Disney Plus. Right because it's weird yeah the weird weird sony Sony. deals yeah yeah and it might be it might be on disney plus eventually like a lot you know it's not like there are no spider-man movies on disney plus but yeah this is one that like right i remember when i looked it up i was like netflix what (laughs) uh but so this is the movie that i feel like if it comes up at the dinner table at all there's going to be someone at the table who hasn't seen it. And then it's going to be one of those movies where it's like, well, you gotta, we got to watch it right now. We got to watch it. Which is, I think, always fun, right? To be, and that's that's kind of the joy of just having Thanksgiving be a pretty event, low, like a low impact event 
because mm. it's like you're eating and then it's just like let's be lazy afterwards usually right and so movies are a perfect fit for that uh and so yeah i feel like this the only thing i want to say with this one is and you know some people might say that this is a spoiler but i feel like if you haven't seen this movie yet it's worth knowing it is part one of two even if that's not in the title but that's not to say that if you're like oh i don't plan on seeing another one of these that you shouldn't watch it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not to say like, oh, so avoid it because it's not finished because it does feel like a complete movie. But in terms of the story, when it ends, you'll be like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like there yeah. that did, wasn't as resolved as I thought it might be with only one movie. And so, so I, I just want, I feel like if people are going to be it's true, like it better if they're prepared for that. Yes. And I, and I think it's also, it's also fair to say, it's not even that it's part one of two, it's part two of three because, you know, into the spider verse was the first movie from, four or five years ago and you don't have to have seen that to see this movie but uh, you know it, it probably helps like they, they do enough of a recap where you can kind of you know you get all the information you need if if you want to uh, and you could always go back and then you know and then watch it but uh you know it's it is a continuation and is designed like a back to the future a matrix a pirates of the caribbean where you know where they're making two and three together so two ends with like a very clear like this there's is not, more this is not an open-ended storyline where like maybe we'll come back down the road this is the halfway mark of the story we wrote and the second half is coming in the third movie so that is, that is a good a good caveat um which yeah if there's a group of people none of whom have seen it uh it would be good good to let people know because sometimes yeah that could really even if you're having a great time your gears can be grinded when it ends and it's just like, what the hell? Like I wanted to see the next thing and it isn't there yet. <laughs> my, my last pitch for this would be not that I don't know. I, this is probably the movie that needs the least pitching out of everything that's on. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's on our list. But the, my last pitch for this would be if you are a Spider-Man fan, but you only are, but you are more of a live action movie fan than an, like you don't do much animation. I would say that this is, still a hundred percent worth it because it's basically like spider-man no way home on steroids yes there's there's a lot of spider people and it's fun i was i, I mean the i like the crappy thing is it's spider-way no sorry i know way home but what if it was really good instead of just pretty hey uh but you know hey i like spider-man no way home i kid spider-man no way home that was a great experience in the theater i had a great time people were hooting and hollering yeah and it was really fun i will admit uh, that it, it like when I rewatched it at home later, you're like, I was okay. like, I was like, well, this is still good, but it's not as like, it's not in my like top five Marvel movies or something like that. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, yeah, I feel like seeing Into the Spider-Verse and seeing No Way Home, the first Spider-Verse movie, seeing both of those in the theaters, I was like, well, this is awesome. Like for different reasons, but being like, I had a great time. This is incredible. What a joy to have gone and seen this in a theater. And then the that first home viewing for each of them was very different. Whereas mm, like, that's the true. Spider-Verse felt actually like better even where it's like, oh, wow, there's more to this than I even had thought. Uh, whereas No Way Home, it was like, oh, it was sort of of the moment. Like it was the experience of being there. And, and you know, there's, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not the top movie that it may have felt like the leaving the theater. That's fair. I feel like we did a really good job in this category of picking things that, will please everyone in your family in the sense of like adults and children, you know what I mean? Like, and which is good for it. Cause it's a family category, but like, yeah. I feel like to me, good family movies pitch at two different levels. 
where it's like it has yeah. humor like the like like classic pixar movies in the golden age of pixar used to do so well where it was like there there was sophisticated humor that goes over kids heads there's lots of stuff for the adults there's good there's good compelling stories good characters but then also like you know kids just like spider-man and mario and yeah. presumably knights and game <laughs> shifters that maybe that doesn't hold up <laughs> But I, I like that we have the you know I'm glad you you snuck in the double feature because I'm glad we have a couple of franchise brand movies and then a couple of unique independent stories which you know are sometimes harder to come by in 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 quality form in modern day media for children especially. All right, so up next we have movies that you can watch at home, movies that are available on streaming, but you do not want to watch. If you have kids in your group or you just want to wait until they're they're in bed, this is the one that you put on after everyone's asleep. <laughs> so PT, why don't you go first? Which one which one you, you claim you claimed this one very early when we I decided did, I didn't episode. immediately claim it. And the problem is I've got three potential smuggles. I've got like a documentary what, corner. What are you doing? Well, I'm tell I'm just I'm just saying what I've got. I have a documentary corner with three different documentaries for three different kinds of people. And like I'm, I'm, I'm just acknowledging it's there, and maybe I'll get to it. Maybe I won't. There's some really good documentaries. Out, uh, if you're the kind of people who like documentaries, I'll just say that. But uh, for the actual, like my actual recommendation, uh, which, which again was was covered in, uh, you know, in the uh, uh, feed of the long take review, and you can go back to uh, an earlier episode of it, is Past Lives, which is uh, I think still my favorite movie of. Uh, the year uh, it is a uh, a story, and of course, I didn't have uh, her uh, the movie up, so I don't have her name. Celine Song, that's right. Um, Celine Song wrote and directed this, uh, and it's a, uh, a, a, a three part story of the uh, interaction relationship between childhood best friends in South Korea, uh, one of whom as you know, in, in their childhood um, moves or, you know, is sort of taken, not, not taken, but her family moves to North America. And so she's removed from this friendship. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, we spend some time with them uh, when they are, uh, I think it's, I think it's when they're 12 and then it's every 12 years is the, uh, the next right. two sequences. Um, and so it's 12, 24 and 36 over the course of the movie and the times in their lives in which, they intersect and and sort of re reconnect and and where they are, how they're growing, sort of seeing seeing into uh, their lives as they as it they change and evolve. And it's you know very much a an interpersonal drama a- aimed at like adults who, who want to pay attention to a movie and experience a story with with characters uh, and and feel their sort of emotional. There's not a lot of like big blowout crying emotional scenes there's no like action set piece uh it's it's characters interacting with each other and and trying to navigate the existence in modern life as as things go forward it's absolutely incredible it's so well acted uh greta lee is the main uh the main character um nora the main woman uh teo Yu plays you know both of these as the adults um in the in the two adult years um and uh he is he's also incredible uh john uh, magaro plays uh a, a another person uh, an american who uh knows them i'll i'll leave that vague so people can uh experience it as it unfolds 
but uh, it's great. Uh, and it, uh, you know, it's, it's set up um, explicitly in the movie as if we are sort of eavesdropping on or sort of, you know, peering across a room at other people and like what their lives are. And the, that's sort of a feeling that, that permeates the whole thing of, you know, just witnessing actual human interactions. Uh, and it's incredibly well done. Uh, and it's, it's available to rent. It's not a stream, you know, free streaming yet, but you can rent it on all your major services, Apple, Amazon, uh, uh, etc. Um, I think it's like you know six bucks to rent uh, at this point. Yeah, and I was gonna say it's made it down to that that more reasonable yeah. like four ninety nine, five ninety nine range, yeah. as opposed to like the nineteen ninety nine to rent. That's tough. Like, I feel like I've seen that, and that's like, oh, who's doing well, that? <laughs> well, yeah, that that's the that's the pandemic holdover. Uh, to 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 use the term, um, that's the pandemic holdover from. You know, when it was like, you don't want to go to the movies. What if it, it costs like one and a half movie tickets for you to just rent it at home? And, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, a choice. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is a video rental, for those of you old enough to think of it that way, or a DVD rental price, not a, you know, ticket to the theater price, but to watch it at home. So uh, highly recommended. You know, again, it does, it is sort of a movie where, I don't know if it works quite as well if you're two screening it and you're kind of scrolling through your phone. You know, That's you want to be. I was going to say this is not the it. movie to put on at home if you've got like a big, if you've got guests and there's like football in the other room and like yeah. a bunch of kids running around. You know what I mean? Like this, this well, you're movie doing the is dishes. Qu- yeah, this movie's quiet enough that it's going to need everybody's attention or at least like a, a, the an environment in which you can sort of like give it your attention um if yeah it's it's not a could because it's a quieter movie it's not going to do well against a bunch of ambient noise yeah. <laughs> just in general or distractions um but but yeah i i totally agree with this it's beautifully written i would say this is a great movie if you like really profound novels uh, I think mm. that's a good litmus test for someone who would like it. Uh, and cause it's just, it's the screenplay is really, really well done. It's just full of these rich, sophisticated, profound conversations. And I, I really hope this one hangs on in the Oscar race. So like everyone keeps being like about past lives. Are we, <laughs> is that over? Uh, is, you know, is any, is any, this going to get in anything? So like, you know, if this somehow misses like screenplay, I'm okay. With, I, I've come to accept that it might miss a bunch of other things, but if it if it misses screenplay, I'm going to be very upset because I feel like that's on us. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> mean, long happen. long take long take reviewers out there, uh, you, know, you can be the change you we want to see in the world. Rent the movie, watch the movie, talk to people about the movie, go listen to the old episode where Jen and Antonio have a lovely conversation. Uh, about it and uh, you know yeah get the chatter up again for for past lives um i'll do i'm gonna do one one smuggle uh from my from my pool uh kind of based on what we were saying i don't know if it quite can like function with football in the other room and like a crowd of people but i think it's the most sort of uh, easygoing of the documentaries I was thinking of. Um, and that is uh, Defending My Life, which is the new Albert Brooks documentary uh, directed by Rob Reiner that just premiered on on HBO. Maybe it maybe is it HBO Max exclusive? I think it's I think it's HBO proper. Um, yes. So you could watch it if you're if you're not a cord cutter and you have actual cable, you could catch it on HBO channels or it's streaming on on Max. Uh, and it, it's breezy, it's light, but uh, Albert Brooks is super funny. Uh, if you uh, if you don't 
uh, know him. Uh, he is, uh, you know, sort of a sort of a stand-up comedian, more of a sort of like a performance comedian who started in like the like early seventies, I would say. Uh, and uh, he, the first episode of Saturday Night Live had a short film uh, done by him. Uh, and he did those sort of short films for a little while. Uh, and he started making movies um, and he uh, uh, made movies like uh, Lost in America, Defending Your Life, uh, which this title is sort of uh, a pun on. Uh, and uh, he appears in movies. He's in broadcast news. He's in Drive. Uh, if you are uh, an animation person, he's the voice of Marlon in Finding Nemo uh, and Finding Dory. He's uh, done a handful of Simpsons episodes, and it's classic each time um, that he's uh, that he's on there. Um, and he's a really funny guy. And so Rob Reiner's his best friend from high school, and it's sort of set up as the two of them sitting around a table and talking and going through his career and his background and things he's done. And you know, he is very funny, but it's also you know, it's got some like oh, that's you know, some you know, it's a it's got a little more depth to it than just like here's a recap of some famous person's history. Um, it's got because it has that sort of. Uh, interpersonal commitment to it um and uh yeah it was it was really fun and it led us to watch his first uh his first movie um this is what i'm watching instead of uh these animated movies so apologies we watched this then we watched real life which is a movie from the late 70s basically about a reality show um which is you know wild in its its own way and uh yeah it's very it's very funny and so the documentary is good it's like 85 minutes very short uh you know and again you don't need to sort of you can kind of there's, it's a lot of bits where you kind of see like clips from things and them talking about it. You can kind of tune in and out as you need to. So if past lives, you know, if you're, if you're waiting on past lives or you did past lives and you need a, a, a sorbet, you need a chaser um, of that um, defending my life. Uh, the Albert Brooks documentary is my other choice. Nice. I like it. Uh, I have not seen that, but it, you, I would, now I would like to. My, my last comment, I will just tack on to the past lives promotion is sorry i can't i can't help it uh is that this is a movie you know even if it's quiet quieter or whatever right and it's not like a shocking twist like it's definitely not that kind of movie but it's still a movie that you will want to talk to other people about after you see it Mm. to sort of like interpret it and break it down and so i feel like for that reason it's actually like like one of the best kinds of thanksgiving movies right because it really is conducive to that sort of communal experience where you're going to want to you're going to want to keep talking about it after you've seen it but you also got to know your family or the people you're hanging out with because if they if they're the people that want to like ask questions through the whole movie or scroll on their phone with the brightness up to 100 percent in a dark room that it's not a good movie for that like those you know you know maybe don't have them be your friends or your family anymore um but if you can't avoid that do you know those people (laughs) look um (laughs) Let's just say I did. No, I don't know. Um, I mean, there are people who, uh, you know, are are uh, older people who do like to sort of check in on what's going on and be like, who's that person? Or like, what, you know, what, well, what, like, how do they know each other? And it's like, well, we don't know yet. That's what, especially if you've seen it and you're showing it to someone else, they start asking you questions about like, well, what should I have known about that? Or what, you know. And it's like, well, you wouldn't know. Like, you haven't seen the movie. It's a story. The narrative unfolds in a sequential order and information is given to you. You'll get that information <laughs> down the road. But then they think they missed something or, you know. So, you know, again, if that's going to be the vibe, maybe it's not the best. You movie, just made me you- realize this happens with my kids. 
which maybe is doesn't is not helping the case of the adults that do this but like <laughs> like they'll be like why does Nimona why is Nimona able to turn into a giant pink whale and I'll be like well this is a movie you got to watch it to find out uh, yeah when when a when a 7 year old does it you're like sure it's because they're 7 they want to learn when it's a a 47 year old it's like <laughs> okay you maybe you need to take a walk and uh, all right well, she get to my pick so my yes. pick is a movie that I just freshly finished before hopping on this call. Uh, and that is David Fincher's The Killer, which is on Netflix. This is a pretty new drop. I think it was just this week. And so so this is the movie that and I and I feel like we don't have a movie like this on our list at all, which I'm just realizing is kind of weird. Um, this is the, th- the the thriller. If you're looking for a stressful, tense, suspenseful uh, thriller uh this is this is great i mean if yeah if you're familiar with david fincher's work at all um i don't think this movie reaches the sort of mind-blowing heights that something like a seven or a zodiac would but i don't think it's trying to either so you know i don't i don't think we should begrudge it for being something it's not it doesn't want to be um but my my premise logline pitch for this movie is what if john wick were more austere and kind of like siddhartha like that's why <laughs> that's my my pitch for this movie um i want to augment the pitch but i don't think i can without without spoiling spoiling it we'll we'll talk off mic okay about my my addendum so the premise of this movie is it is it is about a professional assassin so like a hitman type figure it's starring michael fassbender who i i feel like is actually very good in this movie um and he hasn't been around for a while uh his the, the voice that he's doing in this threw me Initially, I won't get into why necessarily because I don't know it, it, it wouldn't really be a spoiler, but it would you know color your reaction or perception of it potentially. Uh, but at first, I was like, "Is that him?" Because this movie, my one thing is like the main prerequisite for this movie is: Are you okay with a lot of first-person voiceover? Because that's like the entirety of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I will also say that the movie. I do think the movie is intentionally funny in many ways and like the sort of seriousness the self-seriousness of the voiceover I, to me i i believe is right, there's an the irony joke. to it a lot of the yes. time yeah 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 i agree so I agree. so i think if you're someone who's you know could, someone could start this movie up and be like oh my god we're just gonna hear this guy talk about like how great he is at his job for in, like in a voiceover for like the entirety of this movie like i, I mean i think that's that's part of the bit and that's, you know, you're, you're right to sort of react to it. And the movie is aware that that would be the reaction. So I'll, I'll just say that. Right. But at the same time, I feel like it does satisfy that if you like movies about professional killers and sort of like their, their cold and precise methods and sort of this idea of like, like if you liked dexter because it was like oh like i enjoy the puzzle the mystery box of like how to how to kill somebody (laughs) right the making of a murder not murderer but making of a murder i you know i feel like this is this is a this will scratch that itch but if you're looking for something like a flat is not a flashy action movie by any means it's very kind of like methodical and takes its time um but but it's still very tense and suspenseful like i was very stressed out for most of this movie (laughs) But in a good way, in a, like an exciting, like oh, I'm into this kind of way. Um, but yeah, uh, do you think people? Do, is there anything else people should know about this? I guess like yeah, if that if none of what I just said it appeals to you, then yeah, I, this movie could it. be forever. This movie, 
I'm just going to cut that out. Uh, no, because why did I bother saying that? Um, this this movie is not going to be for everyone. I think this is actually the most this is not for everyone on this list so far. Uh, but it's like if you're the type of person that I just said piques your interest, then you should go watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think that's the only sort of caveat is that this is the most violent. This is the most sort of uh, yeah, bleak and dark uh, story uh, that we that we have on here. And some people don't like that. But, you know, it's true crime is a very popular genre. This isn't true crime. But, you know, how is a murder arranged? How do people, you know, go? What What, what is the seedy underbelly world of, of hitmen? Uh, and, and how does that sort of occur in society uh you know a lot of people do like that so if you if you like it and you haven't seen this yeah i think this is uh this is a good time i i do think the 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 pushback i've seen on it from from people just you know talking to folks about it is what i'm with you like i thought this was tense the whole time and and you know sort of being like well what's happening and feeling kind of coiled up during it i think that some people found it boring when it was just sort of like oh like I don't like I don't care anymore. Like they sort of checked out of it. Oh, interesting. Um, which uh, you know I you know again I think that may be just that those may be people who this is not their is jive. Not the kind yeah. of a movie that would appeal to them. But uh, you know I I think that uh, you know there's I don't want to call it like minor a minor movie in someone's filmography. But if you think about some of the movies that are generally thought of as minor notes in Fincher's filmography, like The Game or Panic Room, which, I mean, those are very different feelings, but that that's sort of like, no, you know, very, very rarely are people just like, everyone's got to go see The Panic Room. Like, that's a classic. Um, it's, it's really great. And people have a good time with it. it it's tense, uh, a tense thriller. And I think that this is similarly, um, not not the same exact vibe, but a similar success as as a movie, if you get on that wavelength. Yeah, and I think there's a there's like a second level to this movie that does require like being keyed into the movie's subtlety, is what I'll say. Yes, but I don't. I, but I feel like if you miss that, I feel like there's still a lot at the base level to enjoy. So I don't think that's a I don't think it's a requirement necessarily that you pick up because to me there's like a couple key scenes and key characters in this movie where I'm like, oh, without this. This this movie is not nearly as interesting. So yes. I, so I feel like a particular excellent performance that is yes. really important that is very late in the movie. I don't want to talk about it, but right. uh, well, but saying it is saying who it is going to spoil it. I don't think so. I mean, there are names in the credits. It's oh, the, it's true. the and in the credits. It's Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she's um, amazing in this, and she's amazing. Yeah, I mean, unsurprisingly amazing. Um, so Greg's pick for this, uh, he. Uh, I, I think you know he was sort of uh, pulling from I wanted to do Stop Making Sense before I realized it's not in the theaters anymore. Um, and so he was like, oh, we can do an old movie? Cool. I want an old movie streaming for adults and it's Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. Um, and uh, I mean, if you don't know what Master and Commander is about, I, I can tell you that uh, April 1805, Napoleon is master of Europe. Only the British fleet stands before him. Oceans are now battlefields. Uh, that's the context, uh, according to the opening text of the movie. Uh, Russell Crowe is the captain of uh, of a ship. Uh, Paul Bettany is uh, the scientist doctor that's on board with it. It's you know the early eighteen hundreds. You're on the on the sea. I think in the Pacific. I think they're by the Galapagos, uh, if I remember correctly. It's been a couple of years since I've seen this, but. So, uh, 
I'm going to interrupt you with a very embarrassing thing. So I have actually never seen this movie. Look, there's been like five movies I said that I haven't seen. I know, but Uh, this one is big. This is like, like Greg is going to be listening to this later and just like punching a wall. I feel like he's going to be like, why? Why are my friends with Jen? She's never seen Master and Commander. Because, because, okay, there's no good reason for me to not have seen this movie. I went through a huge Russell Crowe phase. Gladiator was like one of the most important movies to me when I was in high school. And like... You know what I mean? Like, and, uh, and yeah, and I feel like I can't, I came up, I became a movie fan in the time of like Russell Crowe's golden age, like of the insider and mm-hmm. LA confidential. Yeah. And so, so like the fact that I haven't seen this movie is pretty egregious, I would say. And I do know that lots of people love it. You know, again, and this is not just because I kept listing off all the movies I haven't seen, uh, you know, uh, earlier in the episode, everyone has their blind spots. The, 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 the magic is you now get to experience the movie for the first time. Uh, and, and what a treat. I, I wish I could go back and, and see it. Is uh, it on a book? Yes. It was right? a series of books, I believe by Patrick O'Brien. Uh, and it's the same captain's name. And I don't remember the name of the captain. I was so busy getting the opening text called up um, because I wanted to make sure I got the oceans or battle now battlefields. Right. Um, it's Jack Aubrey is Russell Crowe's character's name. Uh, and it was so clear. It's like the first book is called master and commander. And the second book I, or the third book is called far side of the world. So they kind of smashed some of the bits of the story together, but like, it's so clear that like they've got like 10 or 12 books. Like they could have just made like six of these movies and, and and everyone would have, you know, cheered in the streets. Um, But I don't think it was that successful. Uh, It was the like second most nominated movie for Oscars. I believe the year that it came out, Uh, unfortunately, almost it won two Oscars, the two Oscars it won out of, I think the 10 or 11 it was nominated for, were the only two it wasn't nominated up against Return of the King. Uh, so it just kind of got steamrolled in another year. This could have uh. been like a five, five, six, uh, you know, below the line, plus maybe pushing uh, above it as well. A five or six award uh, movie. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And if, you know, if any of this sounds appealing to you. Is this catnip for the History Channel dads? So, I, yes, the 100%. What I was going to say is that, you know, that uh, Greg was really leaning into his um, fatherness um, by choosing this. Um, this is a me and my dad movie. We went and saw it in the theater the weekend it came out. We've watched it on TV like four or five times. This, there's, there's a, a little like subgenre of seafaring movies that we love and my mom will immediately fall asleep like within <laughs> 10 minutes hunt for it october crimson tide master and commander we were like let's go uh, let's fire this up and then my mom is just like this movie is so boring and i do not care so i need to caveat that i don't want to put it on gender lines because that's not that's not the, that's not where it is um although asterisk i did put it on in in our house of jasmine's like this movie is really boring um so she also didn't like it so again that's that's we we cannot that that's anecdotal evidence we can't extrapolate from there that's a hasty generalization uh however um there you do have to be on the vibe it is catnip for history channel dads um it's only the lack of a child that stops me from being a history channel dad i'm i'm more you know i'm a history channel uncle uh and and you know that's that may not be where you are like in your life uh for for listeners out there but if it's in any way appealing to you 
you should be checking this out. I probably will like this. So I think you would. I think you would. And I think the other thing we can add to in terms of like, you know, is this fitting for the occasion? Let's say you have one or one family member that you'd like to just that you're like really vibe with and you just want to hang out with them. Right. So I feel like this this feels like that kind of movie. Like if it's like you and your dad. Right. I'm sure there's yeah. lots of other people who have a similar relationship to like one or two members of their family that get it. And then everyone else doesn't get it. <laughs> this is the splinter group. You know, maybe they want they want to watch all the football games and then do something afterwards. Like or or, you know, there's like another TV. You want to be on a big TV. Um, you know, that that would be ideal. But like, you know, may, maybe it's like, OK, we're going to go watch this. Everyone else is watching Mario Brothers or Spider-Verse. So we're going to go do Master and Commander. Um, yeah, I, I will. I will say because I, I invoked her name. There was a, a request uh, of uh, again, off list from uh from our our box here uh jasmine's streaming for adults recommendation is theater camp uh, another movie that we oh, covered that's a good one. uh which is not kid friendly uh although you know I-, I would say if you have like high school kids then like they could handle theater camp and they would they would vibe with um the jokes even if they're not 100 percent age appropriate um but that is a sort of a mockumentary style uh it's you know in, in the vein of a christopher guest type movie uh, where uh, it's at a, at a camp for theater kids uh, in upstate New York, where the, the person normally in charge uh, is not able to be there. So uh, it's a ragtag group of people are trying to hold the camp together uh, over the course of a, of a summer. And it's, it's very light. It's very funny. It's, you know, if the killer and master and commander are like, or past lives are just like, Oh my God, like that sounds like a lot. Um, Theater camp is a nice light, adult-oriented comedy um, that uh, I think, uh, you know, again, not everyone has that sort of theater kid background experience to to tap into it. But uh, I think even if you don't, you will, you can find some enjoyment in that movie. And that's still on Hulu, I believe. So you can, you can stream that on Hulu now. Yeah. And Master Commander, I looked up, is on Amazon Prime Video. Perfect. That's, the, that's exactly that's where it subscription. should be. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. No, that's a great call. I had forgotten about that. I actually didn't. I think I didn't realize that one was on streaming. But that makes sense. All right. So our last category <laughs> to pivot are the thinnest recommendations because they're movies we haven't even seen yet. Uh, so, yeah, as I said at the top of the show, like I just wanted to have space for because when I, when I was kind of like putting together my list, I kept being like, oh, but this is coming out. Oh, but this is coming out like movies I'm excited to see. But that I just haven't had a chance yet, but that people, if they go to the theater, I don't know if anyone does this anymore. They just show up at the theater, not knowing what movie they're going to see. Do you know, do you think people, do I this? don't, I mean, maybe people do that, like, especially older people, but uh, yeah, I mean, now that it's reserved seats, I assume that you sort of choose in advance, but, but then again, like who knows, it, you know, maybe the holiday season, you just go out with whoever's there and make it happen. Yeah, so I just wanted to give shout outs to movies that we've heard good things about or we're excited to see in the event that someone is like looking at the list of movies and sees one of these that we didn't talk about because we haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, so why don't you go first, PT? Because I think you're probably the most excited about this one movie out of all of us. Well, look, I mean, we've already heard about oceans being battlefields in <laughs> in the early 1800s. What if all of Europe was also a battlefield? Uh, and that's because of Napoleon, the new Ridley Scott movie, uh, which I don't know. I still don't know if it's going to be good. The, the, the reviews came out, like reviews for this came out, and they were 
wildly divergent. There were people that are like, this is absolutely terrible. This was, you know, boy, you know, the, the, Joaquin Phoenix is out of his mind. Nothing, you know, he's very interesting, but nothing he does really makes sense. Everyone says the battles are great, which on some level is kind of maybe all I need to like have a good time. Like that's, if I go, I'm going to go in trying to tell myself, I just want to see some well-constructed battles. Ridley Scott knows what he's doing with uh, big action sequences and that will be fun. Uh, but some people are saying like, no, it's actually, it's, you know, it's very funny. It is, it is, you know, giving an accurate portrayal of Napoleon, especially Napoleon in his relationship with Josephine. And, you know, it, it's not being, uh, I don't want to say it's not being respectful, but it's not like trying to like put him on a pedestal or like elevate him. It's just sort of like, yeah, he was a weird dude and they were a weird couple and they were very weird with each other. And he treated people in us in strange ways and he made odd choices and, the movie is showing that. Uh, and I think that the the people who are the most turned off by that seemed the less, I don't want to say less aware, but the, the, were less interested in, the, again, the history hmm. component of like, what are the stories of Napoleon and what happened, what he did and how he would uh, set things up. So I think that, you know, it's maybe strange because you just sort of see like the guy with the, the short guy with his hand in his coat and he's leading victories and being a, a conqueror of the world and not just like a big old weirdo who was just being a weirdo and got a lot of power. So yeah, the, the comedy aspect of this in people's reviews, I was not expecting. I think one, I'm not going to remember who it was. One reviewer compared it to Veep. And, and I was like, mm. wait, what? Because that is not the movie I was expecting. When you when you say Ridley Scott's making a movie about Napoleon, I would not have been like, oh, yeah, it's like a weird, quirky comedy. But but I feel like if I think about The Last Duel and sort of its, its indictment of powerful, egotistical men, which I feel like was one of the best parts of that movie, that then it kind of makes sense. Like this is late period. Ridley Scott right. um, that's willing to have a little bit more fun and be, be a little bit weirder. So that's been interesting. And so the other thing that I think people should know about this is that there is a much longer four, at least four hour version of this movie that is going to hit Apple TV plus at some point. Yes. I actually don't know when uh, maybe it's not know? clear. Yeah. Not, they they, they haven't announced yet, but okay. it's when it, it, it like killers of the flower moon, this is, a, a you know, Apple is behind the production, or one of the companies behind it. It's going to be in the theaters for you know, an, an, an amount of time. They haven't you know announced exactly when it's going to make it, but presumably by the end of the year, uh, I, you know th th maybe this will be in the in the Christmas uh, rec recommendation algorithm. It will be available then. But when it goes, it'll there, just move to the streaming category. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, maybe maybe I'll see it and I'll be like. Well, we, we can't all draft winners in our draft. Um, that, that may be that may be where we end up. But uh, but you know it's it's the uh, I think when it hits streaming, I don't know if it's the same time the director's cut will come out or if it's they're going to sort of give that another like few weeks before before it comes out. But yeah, the historically when, when Ridley Scott makes big historical epics and he puts out like a two two and a half hour version in the theater and the reviews are like this is kind of weird. I don't know. And then he's like, what about this three and a half, four hour director's cut roadshow version? Folks are like, well, this is a masterpiece. Like, of course, like you did the long version and kingdom of heaven is the, the main sort of, uh, uh, you know, the benchmark there. Although, you know, some might also say the, the, 
uh, edits he's made over time at, at Blade Runner were improvements. Uh, so you know, that's I own the DVD box set for that. Yeah, but for, I think that was that was for grad school purposes. For so Blade Runner or for Kingdom for, of Heaven? For Kingdom of Heaven. Actually, both. Sorry. Oh, okay. Actually, for Blade Runner, I own the like the collector's director's cut. Yes. Like the, the, As you little, the little briefcase that has the unicorn in oh, it. Oh, yes. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. It's I love it so much. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there is going to be a longer version. Um, the, the reviews that I – again, the reviews that were positive on it said – Still go see it on the big screen just to experience the battles there. So again, if that's appealing to you, that's something to go and look at. If if there's a type of person who will leave this episode watching Master and Commander on the biggest TV screen they can and then going to see Napoleon on the biggest movie screen that they can, and they will probably have a good time with that. Um, and I, I'll just note, I, I didn't have the, I didn't see the Veep one, uh, but uh, Mike Ryan at Uproxx said in his review uh, he compared, uh, uh, or I, I guess he he quotes a friend of his saying the movie was like watching Tim Robinson play Napoleon, which sounds incredible to me. Wow. Um, for uh, for anybody who likes, I think you should leave. Uh, that's that sounds like uh, you know that's again. If I wasn't already in the bag for Ridley Scott for uh, uh, for the battles and and for the movie, that alone would get me to give it a give it a chance. So the yeah the, the I flagged the there will be a longer director's cut later because the main criticism I heard from at the very least I think I was listening to Vanity Fair's Little Gold Men podcast and I believe Richard Lawson was saying that you can feel that really Scott didn't want to edit down this movie because it fe- like it feels like parts are missing or like that you know like that it was not meant to be this length and it was meant to be the four hour version mm-hmm. um and that they're suspecting that once they see the four hour version it'll be like oh okay like sort of what you said like oh yeah this all this all makes sense now um but apparently um Vanessa Kirby is back in the Oscars conversation still kind she's of on the out little on the outside but i feel like now people are like hey like you know she's really good in this like could she could she get in i don't know She's at least on the list. So, so, you know, that made me want to see it more as well. Yeah. So my, so mine went from, because if, you know, if you're a really loyal listener and you remember our, our hype for the year episode, I believe I drafted Emerald Fennell Saltburn. Oh, and I think I did. I'll, I'll I'll confirm that. Hold on. Or at least I talked about it as if I were going to, and then maybe it didn't end up in the cut. But I, you know, I remember that 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 this movie coming up on that episode and me being really excited about it. I have since shifted from this movie could be really awesome. I'm very excited to see it. Just in general, I've now shifted shifted more to morbid curiosity because this movie seems to be very polarizing. Like people are either like this is a life-changing amazing masterpiece of a movie and there are other people who are like i don't get it this is weird (laughs) Mm. um which honestly echoes the reactions to promising young women a lot which is a movie that i enjoyed it is definitely a movie that's kind of out there and over the top but i appreciated what it was trying to do and so like i'm like so now i'm just kind of like really excited i'm like am i am i gonna think this movie is bizarre or am i gonna be really into it i really want to know um and so, so and the other thing too is that like it really is being touted as this like wild experience and that lots of bizarre and apparently how people like it will hinge on how they interpret some of the scenes and so i'm like mm. super, i'm just really curious 
what that's gonna what that means in the context of the actual movie um it, it does look beautiful like the the filming of it looks uh incredible the there's been two trailers for it and one like one of them has played before almost every movie i've seen in the theater at my my local um my my alamo theater downtown uh so i've seen the trailers a lot yeah and you know the trailers are the trailers i mean it, it, it wasn't people always like it's so it's really how you interpret it and i'm like it looks so straightforward like not in a bad way but it's just sort of like yeah no i we just watched tell to mr ripley we, we went to a screening of it a few months ago it's like i yeah and I, I i've seen it like i know i know stories like this like i, I get it so i don't know what's gonna happen in this story to make it so weird and to make it so polarizing um because it seems like a good time it seems like you know a fun movie in a in a you know this this uh this is a to 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 channel jasmine again she's like this kind of movie comes out like once a decade of like someone on the outskirts that some or lower class person gets brought into the rich person's mm-hmm. house or the rich person's you know social circle and something nefarious happens and there's, you know, like all kinds of, you know, suspicions and all of that. And she's like, I'm in every time, like whatever that is, whatever iteration you're, you're going to give me, I'm in, like, I want to see that. And so like, I'm curious what's so different this time that this has time, yeah. people. Cause I have blocking. heard the criticism that it is too much indebted to talented Mr. Ripley. Mm. So I wonder if there's just like a part of this movie that people are like not getting or something like that. And that's what's yeah. making them be critical of it. So, so yeah, again, it's a very, it has really piqued my interest. I'm not sure if I know it will be good or I'm not confident at all that it will be good, but I am excited to see it. And that's a really, that's a really good point that jazz is making. And I feel like a lot of people have said that even if they're not that into the movie itself, that has a series of really fun performances. Brosman and Pike mm. in particular, I think has been shouted out a bunch of times uh, at Jacob Elordi, Barry Keoghan. Uh, and so the, you know, we haven't actually said what the real, you've sort of alluded to what the plot, plot was, but it's barely, basically Barry Keoghan plays the student at Oxford who gets invited to this estate called Saltburn for the summer. And apparently salaciousness ensues, question mark. <laughs> Just like, and beyond that i actually don't know like i don't know what what else ensues um but uh yeah and no one has come out saying that it's like an eat the rich movie like i don't know how it stands like yeah i don't know what the so that's again that's really interesting it's just like mysterious yeah it would be great if the everything that's been in the trailers is in the first act or first half of the movie because it kind of feels like yeah no i've got a pretty good idea of like how most of this will go and you know, something will happen obviously later, but um, yeah, I, it's very curious to see because again, it, it, it's what could it be that's so polarizing is right. is what is intriguing me right now. Along with Emerald Fennel's very interesting as a filmmaker; these actors seem excellent, etc. You make a really good point because I think Promising Young Woman also feels like it's going to be one movie and then takes a hard right mm. into like a whole yeah. other thing so so maybe that's what that's what this is as well um the the one that i i didn't realize i could put on my list until too late is maestro because i I thought maestro was coming out in december but it's coming on netflix in december but it's in the theaters i guess now or or next week or like will be this like over this weekend like wednesday i think is when it starts playing yeah and that's another one that i it'll be i think it might it might only be in sort of netflix approved theaters 
Right. It's in the Egyptian oh. here. It's in the Paris in New York. I don't know if it's in more theaters than that. That makes sense. Okay. So maybe I'm glad I didn't pick that one because no one's going to be able to see it. <laughs> <after> <laughs> listening to this. Um, yeah. uh, but that's another true. one that has like has critical uh, momentum behind it because people keep calling it like it's more of an art house. It's less Oscar bait and more art house than we think. Because I think I definitely could get from to the trailer. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, well, the, you know, it, the, 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 I don't want to say the machine, but I feel like, you know, there's, there's a lot of stories of like, and Bradley Cooper presented it at a director's guild screening and everybody, you know, lost their minds. And he had, he talked about how he spent three years learning how to conduct six minutes of music, um, you know, precisely. And it's like, yep, these are the stories that are the narratives. Now he's back. He's back. Welcome and back. Actors. The, strikes, the strikes over. I mean, he could have been doing it as the director, I guess, but he had the, uh, the actor story. Uh, I do just want to note, you did indeed draft Saltburn as well as two other movies that are on the lists that we recommendations. Oh, really? Done. Oh, um, across, across, the Spider-verse. across the Spider-Verse and the killer. Um, you also drafted the killer. So, uh, so I- good job. I know you, myself well, apparently. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, the, I only drafted two and I have, I, the only crossover is I took across the Spider-Verse. So you have that extra bit in your favor. I took Past Lives and of course, Napoleon, um, which is maybe why I'm too invested in Napoleon is because of the, um, because of the draft. But, uh, but yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun. Sometimes so, those kind of mixed reviews are actually really good for your expectations going into movies. Yeah, that's like, true. You'll probably really enjoy it regardless, right? Even because because you'll know like, oh, well, people have flagged these potential issues, but like, so I'm just going to go in and have a good time. Yeah, I wish, I feel like I, I mean, again, I had a great time with it, uh, as you can see on our episode. Um, but I think if I had gone to see Killers of the Flower Moon with more of the backlash, in in mind that has has happened over the week or you know, few weeks after it came out, uh, I think that I would have been even more blown away. So it would have been like, oh, I guess it's not going to actually be, you know, blah, or like Leo's actually not going to be that good. Like it was still like the this is, might be the best performance of his career. Chatter when I went to see it opening day, and it took like a week or two for it to be like, are we sure Leo's good in this? Um, which is a wild take. In the, the other Oscar pundit talk this week in multiple podcasts is. Could Leo be the one that gets booted from best actor? I mean, that's the thing is it's possible. I think he might be, he might be the victim of the complaints that the the movie was still done by a white guy instead of uh, an an Osage filmmaker. And so it's just sort of like, well, they built the movie around him. Like, I guess we can, we can lose him. So maybe again, um, I am on the record. I think it's possible support solidifies around uh, Lily Gladstone and then something like screenplay and people are like, good, that's it. We're, we don't need to go beyond that. Even though it feels like a movie that could get seven or eight, six, seven, eight wins, you get a bunch of below the line things. And then, you know, even, you know, again, actors or whatever. So uh, yeah, curious, very curious. Um so uh, just to write, to close us off, um, now that we're an hour and a half into the 35-minute episode that um, was we, we said we would do, um, the last movie we haven't seen recommendation, which was from Greg, uh, he wanted to go more long-term uh, rather than because he felt there was – he didn't have a, another movie he wanted, I guess. We, we, we had jumped in and claimed the two he was going to recommend. So he was looking further down the road towards Christmas – uh, and the Christmas holidays thing. And he um, mentioned the boys in the boat. 
uh, which is the new George Clooney movie uh, set in the Great Depression about uh, a rowing team competing at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, uh, a totally chill and normal sporting event that happened uh, back in uh, back in history. Uh, Joel Edgerton is the coach of, uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's listed as Coach Ulbrich. I'm assuming that's the coach of the rowing team. Uh, and there are a bunch of uh, strapping young men and women uh, who are also listed in the cast, uh, who I assume are rowers or or people who know rowers and uh, or around rowers and or the Olympics. And uh, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I've, I vaguely heard there was a George Clooney movie coming out. It's apparently being released Christmas Day. Greg was very excited about it and uh, or at least excited enough to he was he was writing that history uh history dad energy into a, a 30s sports movie uh and uh, that's 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 his recommendation keep that yeah. in mind and i think he's thinking about movies to see with people you spend the holidays with like yeah of course it, it makes total sense in that in that context. it feels yeah in that you know sort of like you know i remember like unbroken being a movie of like yeah world war ii athletes like human spirit uh over uh, over the bad guys we fought in world war ii like that's a, that's a movie that's going to get get a lot of people in the family together so uh, hopefully we you know if this if people like this if we like this maybe we'll do another one heading heading into christmas and and greg will be able to join and he can share more about uh, the boys in the boat. Right. So you just have to be screaming into his pillow as he's listening to or, us totally botch his his picks. Right. <laughs> or or he's he's playing a real long game where he's like, I don't want to bring it up in the Christmas episode, the holiday episode. I'm bringing it up now so I can I'm 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 wasting it so I can I can have my, <laughs> my stronger pick later on. Not this isn't a strong pick, Greg. It's a wonderful pick. Boys in the boat. Everyone's talking about it. Uh no one no everyone's waiting. Can't complain about it. George Clooney. He's made front a of or behind the camera in my, uh, I mean, like not everything's a home run, obviously, but like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, Oh, I got to walk that back. You're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> All those great George Clooney directed movies. Like I do like good night and good luck. Uh, I will yeah, say that one. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, uh, like I compared this to leatherheads, which is did. like I didn't a, cu- say a cute movie, but is not very good. Though I might've, I'll have to check with Greg. I might have actually seen that with Greg in a theater a long time ago. I'll have to look up what Maybe he liked out. it. Maybe he liked it more than you did. Yeah, yeah. And now he's just like, wow, I can't. I can't believe. Uh, all right, I appreciate so- it. We're an hour and a half in, and the only person that is we, are, we can guarantee is still listening, we are just making fun of his last pick. Yeah. It's, um, it's, we're it's just not- driving away what audience we have. It's not smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, BT. So – if people are still listening, where can they, and they want more somehow, where, where can they, they find us? Oh, Jen, as mentioned earlier, they can follow us on all their podcast uh, applications. There are various podcatchers. Uh, we are also, if we uh, correctly, if I correctly do what I say I was going to do, we're going to provide links in the show notes for this episode to the episodes of the movies, any episode we have done of a movie that we mentioned uh, we will link to it. So if you if you are listening and then you go and watch it, or if you were like, oh yeah, I saw that movie, like I did like that movie, or I did want to hear more about it, you can go right to that episode uh, via the uh, via the link in the show notes. Um, but yes, uh, follow us, um, subscribe, uh, do what you got to do on all uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, follow us, 
uh, on Instagram and Facebook at the long take review. And if you would like to contact us directly, you can send us an email, um, the long take review at gmail.com. Great. And you can find me at Subchakchai, S-O-P-C-H-O-C-K-C-H-A-I on Instagram and threads and Qui-Gon Jen on Letterboxd. And also my written reviews on thelongtake.substack.com. Uh, I am a moments away, although it's probably not happening tonight because we this didn't end up being a short episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I am really almost done probably hopefully by tomorrow be posting my written review of the marvels and kind of going more in depth about sort of why i specifically like that movie uh so that's that's also there i don't know if i'll have that done in time to link in in the show notes for this but but maybe we'll see indeed well anyway we want to thank you for listening and hope everyone has a happy and safe thanksgiving and we'll see wonderful you when wonderful we get holidays back safe travels happy times thank you for listening you can follow the long take on substack at thelongtake.substack.com subscribe for free to receive reviews of films with oscar buzz as well as new films and series from pop franchises like star wars and marvel